So, Chris, I've discovered a fun artifact on the internet that I wanted to share with you. Are you ready? Absolutely. So, in conjunction with the release of Secret Invasion, Marvel commissioned a bunch of celebrities to do that bit where all the scrolls disguise themselves as famous humans. They thought it would be a fun tie-in. Oh, really? Well, why'd they ultimately decide against publishing it? It, it was just too weird, dear. Oh, well, I, I guess that's a cool fact. I'm not done, actually. I managed to find a clip of it. You want to play it for the readers? Oh my god, absolutely. Okay, here we go. We're not here to hurt you. We're here to save you. We have traveled across the universe to save you from yourselves. Oh my god, they got walking? Uh-huh. You have so much potential, but you're on the brink of complete disaster. You're at constant war and living in a disease you cannot cure. That's not hot. And there's Paris Hilton. Huh, okay. Some of you gleefully wallow in excess while your brother next to you starves. And wow, in doing so, you're destroying your own ecosystem beyond repair. Owen Wilson? Dang, they shelled out some dough. Yeah, and before the MCU even. We wish no harm or bloodshed, but we will do what must be done to save you. Sarah Palin? What a deep cut. Oh, it gets a bit weirder. You will conform. You will assimilate to our ways, because they work, and you have no choice. They even got Muppets. What the heck? Oh, wait, this last one is... Wait, what? The Earth is now part of the Skrull Empire. Your days of poverty, disease, and greed are over. He loves you so much. Wait, Judy Garland? No way, she... She hasn't been with us for decades. Look, maybe they grabbed her from an alternate reality? Marvel's done weirder things. I guess you're right. This video was pretty weird, but it whetted my appetite. For talking about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to part two of two of our secret invasion coverage. That's right. We are finishing this one up before we move on to bigger and possibly better things. This is the crossover territory, so you never know about that latter bit. <laughs> we will. It's all lateral moves, right? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. We've had some some pretty cool uh, events and crossovers uh, happening. Beginning right now, we got we got ten of swords. That's true. As you uh, are speaking with us, because uh, the readers actually talk to us when they listen. Uh, we know it's true. I can feel it when it happens. I don't quite know what you're saying unless you tweet it at me, um, but I feel it. My ears burn. <laughs> Weirdly, my knee burns. I should probably look at that. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's worrisome. <laughs> so X of Swords, the first part has just come out, and it, it's looking to be a pretty exciting crossover. It is massive. It was very exciting to talk about last episode with uh, Jordan D. White. Yes. Uh, it is funny because some of the stuff that he answered, like, immediately happened. Like, yeah. With uh, the answer about when you were asking about sapphic content. And, uh, it like... turns out next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a small small amount, tiny amount, but uh, I feel like, feel like it is the start of exactly all the things that we want. That's true. So, so maybe, maybe someday better things. Better things. <laughs> uh, readers, the fall equinox has started, which means that Christy is really trying to get into sweaters. I am. It's it's a little disappointing when it's not like immediately chilly. Like it's we're kind of at the point it's like chilly in the mornings, and I'm like, ooh, sweater weather, and then it's like afternoon, and I'm like, ooh, AC weather. <laughs> Yeah, we're poor Christy. She put on a sweater when she got home, and then a half an hour later was like, oh, "This is this isn't going to do it." It was very cute, though. It was a very cute and look. Soft. All right. Well, speaking of cute and soft, our readers always the cutest and softest of people. They're the best. They are, and uh, they often 
donate to our Patreon. And we have a new patron that we are going to thank. Well, tell us all about that patron, Chris. (laughs) For just 60 cents a day, (laughs) you too can support two podcasters. Um, Austin Gorton is our new patron. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Austin. If you want to be a patron just like Austin, you can go to www.patreon.com slash Chris's pod. We have all sorts of levels to donate. Lots of fun rewards. You can force us to do a crossover against our will. You can permanently add an accolade to the show. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, we'll probably talk some more about some fun stuff that'll be happening from uh, patron requests for our next episode. That's true, but... We still have this episode. We still have this episode. So we'll, we're going to leave that there as a little, little cliffhanger for you. <laughs> now you have to listen. Now you have to listen all the way to the end to find out what's in store for next time. All right. Well, let's get into summary. Summary. Secret Invasion 5 through 8. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Penciled by Laniel Francis Yu, inked by Mark Morales, colored by Laura Martin, Emily Warren, and Christina Strain. Lettered by the juggernaut Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Tom Bravort and Janine Schaefer. Issue 5. Norman Osborn talks the sleeper agent scroll Captain Marvel out of wrecking their mountain by appealing to his programming. The accidental pretender flies from Thunderbolt's mountain, and Osborn tells the team to suit up. At one of Fury's safe houses, the heroes regroup as the Skrulls use celebrity faces to broadcast propaganda. Abigail Brand uses her rudimentary scroll to fool some foot soldiers aboard one of their ships before stealing a laser gun and going wild, eventually airlocking the whole Skrull crew. She rescues Reed, who chokes her out, thinking she's a Skrull. She comes to soon after, and Reed says he knows exactly what they need. Maria Hill is revealed to actually be a life model decoy, while her actual self was on the top of the shield helicarrier. She activates the self-destruct and zips away. Boom! Captain Marvel, you know, the fake scroll one, starts ripping through the scroll spacecraft, and Reed screams at Bran to get them to New York. But she says they have a couple of folks to pick up first. The standoff in the Savage Land is still occurring, and Reed and Brand arrive just in time to shake things out, as Reed has a Skrull Revealer gun. The 70s heroes are, of course, all Skrulls, including, unfortunately, Mockingbird. Clint shoots her, and as they decide to go hit up New York City, he rages that every last Skrull deserves to die. Issue 6 Captain Marvel, again the fake one, crashes into Earth, practically on top of Novar, Marvel Boy. With his dying breath, he decries the horrible things the Skrulls have done and says Novar can't just let it happen. We see scenes from across the globe of heroes fighting the Skrulls before we see Camp Hammond. The Hank Pym Skrull is conferring with subordinates who want to destroy the Savage Land to take out the heroes. However, the Jessica Drew Skrull Queen returns, with the Pym Skrull saying if Janet Van Dyne is with the Avengers, the Skrulls are guaranteed victory. Aboard their ship, the Avengers are pretty peeved about this whole Skrull thing. Tony Stark especially. They're shocked that they were deceived by the Queen, and they're ready for payback. New York City is a dang mess, and some folks are protesting in favor of the Skrulls because the world's in a bad way. Heard that, folks. Nick Fury and his crew burst onto the scene, taking out a team of Skrulls before Thor arrives. He immediately confronts Bucky for a small macho standoff since he doesn't know him at all. Anyway, the Avengers all arrive and get ready to face the Skrulls in an open field. The Skrull Queen, of course, reminds the Avengers that he loves them. He being God. And then it's time for the big fight! Issue number seven. This issue is a big fight, with the Skrulls trying to take out Reed and the heroes trying to take out the Queen. Janet Van Dyne fights against the Skrull Hank Pym, but he giants up only for stature of the young Avengers to crack him right in the jaw. Iron Man has to retreat because his armor's all beat up. Even the Hood's villains join up, since it's the last possible moment and all. Wolverine clashes with the Queen, and then, oh no, the Watcher shows up. Jessica Jones sees the carnage and decides that she needs to leave baby Danielle with Jarvis and go help out. Oh no, Jarvis is a scroll. Novar arrives at the same time as Jessica Jones and things start to look up. 
Kate Bishop gets severely injured and Clint picks up her bow, striking the Skrull Queen through the jaw with an arrow. The Pym Skrull activates his trump card, modifying Pym particles that he gave to Janet that allowed her to grow, but also seem to put out a poisonous energy. She grows against her will to a giant size, and all the heroes around seem to be dying. Issue 8. Thor uses Mjolnir in a quick moment to make a cyclone in which disperses the particles that Janet's body created, but unfortunately, she disperses as well. R.I.P. Janet. Iron Man arrives with some vintage tech to join the fight. The Avengers pile on the Skrull Queen with Norman Osborn making the fatal shot. The rest of the Skrulls get taken out, on Earth and in orbit. And a Skrull ship lands via some stark hacking, and poof! All the replaced superheroes, including Jessica Drew, are safe and sound. However, Jarvis is on there, which leads Jessica Jones to zip back to Avengers Tower. Danielle Cage has been taken. The real Mockingbird is back, and she and Clint share a kiss. Sue Storm is also back, and she and Reed zip back to the Baxter building where they fear the worst. However, Johnny and Ben have gotten everyone out while the kids play. Reed fixes the rest, and everything is a-okay. Tony is happy to see Thor again, but Thor basically tells old Shellhead to go soak his head, and the god flies away. We find out the Skrulls actually didn't have any planets left, and Earth was their last chance. S.H.I.E.L.D. is disbanded, and Norman Osborn, the new hero of America, takes over Tony's old position. Tony is likely to be investigated and prosecuted. And at Avengers Tower, Norman meets with a collection of villains for a clandestine meeting. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Well, I already know that you have a real soft spot for Secret Invasion, but how do you feel about the second half? I remember feeling like it kind of fell apart toward the ending. Um, it is funny, though. Ultimately, like these eight issues could have been like three, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big fight, but. You know, crossover, crossovers kind of tend to do that. The meat of the, I don't know, the meat of the story sometimes seems like it's stretched real thin mm-hmm. for for lots of punching and, in this case, many, many two-page spreads. So many two-page spreads in this the, the latter half. I started to, like, screenshot all of the, the two-pagers in these last several issues, and I was like, this is... This is a lot. I was going to tweet them out and I'm like, you know, nobody else needs to see all these. It's just it's just the same 50 characters over and over again in different punching poses. Yeah, like big ups to Lanil Yu who had to draw like just tons of people. Yeah. Kind of doing his his best uh George Perez. I mean, it's really hard to have a dynamic two-pager that really draws your eye and gives attention in all the right places without just seeming like well, we had to get everybody on the page. Yeah, especially in a fight. Like, mm-hmm. I, I almost find two pagers to be better if it's a bunch of people talking and I can see kind of what they're saying. I know that's odd. But, like, remember in Crisis when George Perez's first two page spread was people in like a big building and they were like, what are we doing here? And some people were just randomly flying. <laughs> I found that like a little bit more engaging than like claws, claws, stab, stab. Pew, pew, pew. Right. Because the dialogue helps kind of draw your eye across the page and really gives purpose to what's going on, whereas it's just like, lots of punches. Right, right. <clears throat> There's things I liked, though. There's a lot of tonal things about this crossover that's kind of wild. People get really murdery, and they don't, like, it's not addressed. Right, just this thought of, we must kill the scrolls. I mean, right. it's a, it's a real us versus them. I mean, but the the scrolls kind of started it. I mean, we, we can't can't sugarcoat that. They they weren't doing great stuff. Right, right. It's just it's it's. I'm trying to think of like an event now where you'd see someone who's like, "We need to kill them all, kill them all, like get some." <laughs> like Clint was really having a moment. Well, I feel like they've definitely built that they did. up. He was very excited that his wife was back. Yeah, I I think that's the precarious part of having like other 
uh, other species, uh, alien species as the bad guys mm-hmm. in, in comics, it's much easier to other them than it would be like another group of human beings in a way that feels okay, but really probably isn't. Uh, is this, I mean, it, I feel like if the scrolls were another nationality, Invading the U.S. Oh, yeah. This same dynamic Mm -hmm. would read much more alarming. Well, in 2008, uh, I mean, this literally was a thing in, like, the 40s, for example. Right. Comics were like, let's go beat the Germans and the Japanese. I mean, that's true. To to occasionally pretty racist degrees, but... Right. And... You know, sometimes it's really satisfying to just say, yeah, let's just beat up all the bad guys. That's what, I mean, that's what comics are supposed to, supposed right. to be. I just meant like the like real bloodthirstiness yes. that this was. I even think like, compare this to Empire, where like occasionally like, I, I like Black Panther, or spo- spoiler alert, alert for Empire, skip ahead 15 seconds. <laughs> Black Panther, uh, like slays one of the, the big Kotati. Mm-hmm. But like, not everybody it's viewed was like, as like a necessary evil, not right. as like a a sport. Like at one point, Brand is like, "Oh, I'm going to try to get everybody to lifeboats," and then she's like, "Nah, that's going to take too long," and just like zips them all into space. Right, and that is wild. <laughs> Brand is a little bit different, though. Like she is not strictly like a superhero. Mm-hmm. She is very much like. Kind of like a space CIA agent. I think the only reason Sword is viewed more highly than Shield is because it's just science fictiony enough to not feel that real. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shield kind of feels like just feels like a real kind of CIA type of mm-hmm. thing. So I a lot of readers I think it kind of soured on Shield after a while because it felt like, mm. but like Sword people still love Sword. But you know right. it's led by a, like a lady, an alien lady with green hair who shoots fireballs. Yeah, I, I feel like. One of the hardest parts about the dynamic for me is I really love an empathetic villain, mm-hmm. one that you can like see and relate their struggle to. And I feel like maybe we get that a little bit, like the scrolls had nowhere else to go. We get it in one panel. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's a more compelling story if you can at least see the motivations stronger and empathize a little bit with the villains rather than just being able to completely say they are, they are a hundred percent like terrible and anybody with any sort of moral code would definitely think we need to murder them all. Like that's right. That's not the most compelling or exciting storytelling. Well, I say one panel. Um, there was that bit where there was like the very Independence Day style, like excited that the aliens are here, people. Yes. They're like, you know, we welcome our alien overlords. Maybe it'll be better than what it is now. And mood. But, <laughs> but that was kind of it. And they were kind of portrayed as wackos. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, the, just the, the tone of that, and it like ramped up. I felt at the beginning it went, well, I don't know. It was a little murdery, but like characters who were kind of murdery were murdery. Like Black Widow shoots people with guns. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that is always wild. You'll see these big group shots of everybody like shooting their eye beams or like firing their repulsors, and she's just like. <laughs> if we did have that interesting dynamic though with the scroll Captain Marvel uh-huh. of that inner conflict of we've seen like a scroll that has fully empathized with the the humans Mm -hmm. and gotten that taste of okay it's not as black and white as everybody's always told me or as i'm you know programmed to believe i've become fully immersed and i see both sides and i recognize that what we're doing isn't 100 percent okay and i love i like that it is kind of like the scrolls did a little too good right Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going to make a hero so heroic that he doesn't even know he's heroic. Okay, he's also not actually going to be particularly good at being a scroll. <laughs> wow, we goofed. <laughs> like, he never, like, fully activates. He's just like... Like, he does. He just so fully has all of those memories and experiences 
that were really formative mm-hmm. and enough so that it, you know, makes him question everything he's been taught. Right. And how did he get those when apparently everybody else needed constant sources of DNA? I don't know. Because Captain Marvel, like Marvel, had mm-hmm. been like dead since the seventies or the eighties or something. Yeah. I, okay. Can you can you give me the just the the quick rundown, the cliff notes on like how the scrolls shape shifting powers work? Like, I know I well, know it's that worked they can in a bunch of it. different ways. Like in this new one, they could detect it before because they just literally just changed their shape. But you could like they were still scrolls. They still like would have scroll DNA and stuff. Right. But in this, like, they somehow, like, took on their DNA and stuff, so they were, like, I, impossible. Like, they had their powers. How did and... telepaths not discover them? Not really gone into. It might have been It might have been addressed in one of the tie-ins that I'm not remembering. Mm-hmm. But, but it, it seemed like even when they were forced back into their scroll shapes, they still had the powers of the heroes that they took on. Yeah. And that's, like, that's that's from kind of dating back to the super scroll who is a Skrull who is given the powers of the Fantastic Four and also hypnosis. <laughs> There's this bit from Empire where he's like, did you forget my secret fifth power, hypnosis? And they give him like these like big, like Silver Age Skrull eyes all of a sudden. Oh, it was great. Um, okay. But so, th- these were just all super scrolls with different things. Okay, it's, so it's just whatever is convenient to the plot. Well, in this case, it's like, well, how do they have everybody's powers? I don't know. Scrolls gave them the powers. Why can't the scrolls find some other planet or, like, I don't know, like, take over a planet like Mars or something and, like, terraform it? Who knows? Maybe they're not that cool. But Because it's convenient for the it's plot. Convenient for the plot. <laughs> I did like a lot of the, sc- the Super Scroll designs where mm-hmm. it'd be, like, but some of them were, like, completely wild. Like, there was a Super Scroll who had who looked kind of like a Venom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, does he have an actual symbiote? Or do they just kind of, like, try to duplicate <laughs> the symbiote stuff? That's a very fair question. Yeah, but it's, like, a real, like, like comic book nerd question, right? right. They did it because it looked cool, Chris. Yeah, it's because... Don't think too hard. It's comics. What? What, are you going to have a podcast about it? <laughs> Repeat to yourself, it's just a comic. I should really just relax. <laughs> I think the colors in this were probably the best part. Mm. They were mostly done by Laura Martin. Mm-hmm. And just big ups. I loved the colors in this. Yeah. I yeah. thought they were... And this came out in 08, which would have been very similar to the to There's the a lot of 08 coloring I hate. Yeah, this so was pretty good. This it was, was right. Mm-hmm. This was, in some ways, like... After watching Iron Man in theaters, mm-hmm. I went and grabbed this comic like a couple weeks later, and it was kind of a good intro because it was just super bright, but like a bunch of characters that I was like, okay, I recognize this just from random Marvel stuff. Right, and, and a- they even give you the the names of the characters on a lot of the pages the first time we see them in the event. Yep. It was just a little different than when I tried to get into comics in the 90s and grabbed like Mark of Cain, part three of five in Spider-Man, and I'm like, why is there so many clones? <laughs> I just want to see Spider-Man fight the Green Goblin. Well, I have to say my favorite part of this second half is the fact that Reed Richards figured out a way to let us know who were the scrolls. I'm like, great, now the plot can advance. Now that we're halfway through this event. I thought it was going to be a reveal, too, because there's a bit where he's like, I figured it out. And Hank Pym's like, I know. Or something. And he like, shoots him at that first part. I thought it was going to be like, I did something and it did this. But he's like... I scienced it, man. I made a purple gun, and the purple gun turns people back into scrolls. Uh, I'm just thinking about some of those panels of uh, of uh, you really appreciating um, Reed Reed's form. He is gross in so much of this; it, it rules, and, and also very tight in others. Me appreciating his form? No, you. Lanil you. Lanil you. That's a solid thing. I good to, good to clarify. Yeah, Lanil you is is pretty in. He was pretty into rendering his 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 bottom. Yep. Yep. In a in a way that I don't know that I've seen it focused on by other artists. Good on him. Mm-hmm. Equal opportunity. <laughs> Was Janet Van Dyne's death earned, given that she was not in the first four issues of this really at all? Yeah, I I don't think there was a really big payoff from it. I was like, 
oh, I really like Janet. I'm sorry that she died. But I mean, also reading it, I'm like, you know, this this happened 12 even... years ago. And I know that <laughs> Janet's fine currently. So, I mean, that already loses some impact. So if, like, you want a death to have impact on panel in a world of comics where we have this guarantee that the character can come back whenever it needs to be built up within the issue just the fact of somebody dying doesn't making make it meaningful if we don't have some of those some of some of that pathos really built up yeah i don't even know she has that many lines no like they're like if janet's with them bad stuff's gonna happen and i was like is janet with them (laughs) because i couldn't remember like i who who got more dialogue than her? Like like Thor, Iron Man, like Wolverine, <laughs> Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you think that this was an adequate introduction to Nick Fury's team of youngsters? Was this their introduction? This is the first time they ever showed up. Oh. This was the start. They were they're called the Secret Warriors. After this, it was Secret Warriors was Jonathan Hickman's very first ongoing at marvel oh yes so was he was was he involved at all in this or did he just kind of take over this he took over their character concept okay were there charts oh yeah Yeah, we know all about those charts yep (laughs) but um they ultimately kind of ended up being like after their run was done like you we've kind of never heard of him again Mm -hmm. you occasionally hear of quake she is like the earthquake powers but he didn't invent quake quake was a bendis creation it, it's so interesting reading some of these uh, events out of order because I'm like, oh, this is before Norman Osborn does all the things. And then is like, I really wanted to read Siege right after this because I thought it would be a good, a good yeah. deal. Yeah. It's just not the way it worked. One of our delightful patrons picked Siege first. Such yeah. his life. It, 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 you just always have to like orient yourself within the. Marvel timeline. Yep. Uh, we should, you know, what we should start doing is like a Casey Kasem thing. We're like, well, the year is 2008. Norman Osborn is almost taken over as head of Hammer. And yeah, I think it'd be fun. I'm just waiting here for with bated breath for the rest of that because I feel like that's a segment that we need. And I was just, you know, I was. How just, was my Casey Kasem? You're like passable. <laughs> 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 it's been a while since I've heard any Casey Kasem. You know, Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Oh, uh, yeah. That's Casey Kasem. Uh huh. Yeah. That's not like how. He no, sounds. he does. He has a different voice on the radio. All right. Bit, I'm yeah. like, uh, no, that, that's not. A, that's not a good <laughs> indicator of remembering the sound of his voice <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> oh, I could address Twitter questions like, "We've got a Twitter question from Xavier Files." Andy writes. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and you can find the answer in a comic from 2008. <laughs> Commit to the bit. <laughs> Commit to the bit. Does that mean that I have to answer questions as Delilah? <laughs> <gasps> I don't even know that I could do a Delilah. <laughs> She's just very breathy and calm. <laughs> It was so calm. I don't even remember. Like It was just like relationship advice, right? A lot of that. I don't even know if she gave a lot of advice so much as like people would just be like, Hey, Delilah, I'm calling in because it's my husband's and my 30th wedding anniversary. And he's not at home. He decided to go drinking. But I just wanted you to to, to play him a song because I love him. And she's like, well, oh, that's... I've got just the song for that. Delilah. <laughs> Um, when I used to close up at the UPS store, Delilah was always like the last thing on because they always, we could never deviate the radio from soft rock (laughs) and she was always on the soft rock station. Delilah. (laughs) On that note, do we need to go ahead and get into our Twitter questions? Before we get into Twitter questions. Okay. It was a beautiful segue point, but I guess we can talk. You can edit this back into the... Into before that. Or I can leave it <laughs> right here. Dark Rain happens after this. We've talked about Dark Rain a little, right? N- Norman Osborn in charge. Yes. Things are bad. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Well, then we don't really need to discuss it. 
Yeah, because we talked about that when we talked about, when we did Siege. Yeah, I just love Dark Rain. It was one of my favorite. Yeah, you told me that then. <laughs> Readers, Chris is looking very ashamed, but also laughing quite a bit. <laughs> oh. All okay, right. Yes, we can get it. <laughs> Twitter questions. Our first Twitter question comes from at Jim underscore Dan Danu. And Jim asks, how much better is you now than he was then? And why is it? Oh, my God, so much. I he is better in some ways. He used to draw all these guys with like the most incredible chin. Okay, he draws the women the same way. They just have smaller, incredible chins. Yeah, they're still very square, which makes me feel very confident in my own square jawline. (laughs) So you're like, maybe he does it worse now. (laughs) (laughs) I think he has to be paired with the right colorist, because even though in his work on X-Men, which is currently coming out, is Uh better than this. I just, I liked him with these brighter colors. I thought it worked Mm -hmm. better. There was still some... I'm, and I'm not sure if it was the the inking or or what in the in the first half there was some interesting like shading done that was looked like maybe stitching I oh, don't yeah, know that was that was gone in the second half so that was that was good uh, but yeah I think we can agree we're, we're better um, we're all I'm, better I'm still part of the square jawline appreciation club though <laughs> jawline's not that. <laughs> Nope, it's obscured by my my adorably squishy cheeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At Asimov underscore fangirl asks, Hello, Secret Invasion is an opportunity to retcon some characters' death slash explain odd behaviors. Which characters would you like that they have would you like to have had brought back by this event? Hmm. So I feel like I- I have a tough time answering this question because I don't think I know who all was dead then. Um, Because <laughs> I wasn't like currently reading comics uh, at Jean that Grey? point. Oh, she was dead. That would have been an. I think that would have been a bad way to. Bring that would have been a mess, yeah. really messy way. Um, Mockingbird, but she came back. Mm-hmm. Marvel. They they teased a lot of the big ones. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they teased an Uncle Ben. That would have been interesting. Oh. He should never come back, but... And right. B- Bucky was back at this point since he was Captain America. We right. didn't talk about him much. Or Thor. Uh-huh. This was kind of a weird time for them because it was like Thor just came back from Ragnarok and didn't know what was going on. And right. So Bucky would have been cool if Steve was still alive. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other big deaths. The biggest one I can think of is Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. I feel like they teased that at some point too. Is is uh Charles dead at this point? Xavier? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think he is. Okay. Just I mean, this wasn't a very X heavy event. No, it had its own like three issue yeah. tie in it. I don't remember it being particularly good. Okay. All right. And second part of uh Asimov Fangirl's question here, do uh, does Reed work out his butt, or is it a product of cosmic radiation? <laughs> I think he just shapes it. Yeah. I mean, if I had those powers, I would. I would take all sorts of shapes. <laughs> oh, really? I don't know. Maybe like you're feeling a really like a really big butt day, and then maybe the next day, like you're just feeling really slender, and you just get to take whatever shape you want. You can have a series of whatever size wardrobe you wanted. You could be. A, you could look different every day. Oh my goodness. That's true. Mood shifting. Mood shifting. <laughs> Next question is from At Play Comics Cast. Where would you like to secretly invade right now? Christy, is there something you'd like to say? <laughs> this is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> I can't think of a family friendly answer to this question. I would right like now. to secretly invade nicely and uh and, and with, with permission a an island where I can just hang out and have a vacation since we haven't had a vacation this whole dang year. Well, you say that. We did go to C2E2 this year. We did. We did. That's true. Yes. So secretly invade a deserted island and bring all of our friends. Yes. All right. Our next question comes from at Corey Marie 21 
who do you wish had been revealed to have been a scroll all along? Oh, so we could just get them out? Tony would have been great. Oh, yeah. And it would have been a nice way to excuse him from all of, like, the awfulness. Although he gets a cool run after this where he has a redemption arc. Right. I remember that. Because especially because Norman Osborn's, like, awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just worse. He just yes. makes Tony look better by being worse. Right. Yeah. At Robert Secundus asks, do you feel that the event or its outcome played on anxieties at the time? I do. This was still very 9-11-y to me. Uh Uh-huh. Who among us is a traitor? Yeah, it's. I don't like that. I don't know if that was Bendis' intent, but I think it was kind of in the mood. Um, If so, do you think it reflects the world outside our window well? (sighs) There was a lot of that that sentiment in the United States. I think it was – I think it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it was ultimately harmful. Um, but I, so I don't like that it kind of portrayed it as, it's like the heroes are right. And there was all these like evil invaders. Yeah. And I mean, at, th- at this point, our heroes are very divided and it takes this external threat to unite them, albeit temporarily. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a, a sentiment that it's actually not familiar right now because we have a big external threat that has not united us. Not even a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that does that does not feel like it reflects the world outside the window. So in all the bad ways, so so the like prejudice in a lot of ways does. Unfo- very unfortunately, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want that. I I want there to be prejudice and right. Especially in 2008, I feel like that was a really horrendous side effect. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it feels like a really heroic and idyllic attitude to think about people overcoming their differences to unite together to defeat a greater evil. It's really pessimistic to say that doesn't feel like the world that we live in right now. Yeah. We can go on to the next question. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. At Forest underscore TXT asks, do you think the event succeeded in making the Skrulls a more interesting and seemingly unified threat? In the lead up to this, it was very interesting wondering who was who was what and, you know, academically, just like. I don't feel like I was more interested in the Skrulls as a result of this. I feel like they were really uh, one dimensional and vilified in a way that didn't really compel me to empathize or learn more about them. Yes, I think some of the tie ins are better about that, but. He says, as your general preference for scroll stories on a big scale, i.e. this and the Cree scroll war, or smaller scale like Meet the Scrolls. Meet the Scrolls is a story where Scrolls pose as a family and just try to blend in. Oh, is that the one from the the same family we saw in the the was it the Road to Empire? The yeah, I think so. Uh huh. I I love small stories like that. I think yeah, I think Meet the Scrolls is a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, scroll. There's also one that is called Scroll Kill Crew. Which, um, people got, so the original scrolls in Fantastic Four number two were turned into cows. Yes. Reed Richards hypnotized them. Yes, yes. Eventually those cows turned into burgers. Yes. People ate the burgers. Yes. And they got weird powers. Oh. And they were the scroll kill crew. I don't know why they are just. Oh. Yeah. It is a Mark Miller idea. I didn't know the last part of that. And they got powers. I knew cows and burgers. But, uh... <laughs> All right, our next question comes from at Kenobi13. What is the most disappointing thing about Secret Invasion, and why is it the reveal of who he is of He Loves You fame? It's weird. The scrolls have multiple gods. So which god is it? I, they just say god. But then in like the Immortal Hulk stuff, or not Immortal Hulk, in the Incredible Hercules stuff, they go and like face the scroll pantheon. Mm. So I'm like, which which what? god? Wasn't there, no, maybe I'm misremembering, wasn't there somebody who, like, uh, Scroll Queen Jessica Drew was, like, talking to that, you know, like, he, I don't know, I feel like I remember She reveals that it's God. They say, who's he? And she says, God. Well, yes. But I feel like I remember an exchange at some point between her and another Scroll that seemed to indicate that he was somehow this entity and i feel like i'm making it up now i'm saying this and i'm like did that happen or am i just inventing this i don't remember that but i don't know no that probably didn't happen anyway the reveal of he is god and it never like it like my mind has invented a more interesting (laughs) storyline for it (laughs) that's that's fanfic christy you should start writing (laughs) 
at big at big dad energy asks why do people want this in the mcu and why would it be a bad idea would be especially a bad idea now because the scrolls aren't bad in the mcu yeah yeah that definitely would not be they're like a refugee race Uh uh-huh um so that would be bad people want it because they like the whole like ooh, who's who but i think it works better in comics like imagine that you've spent all like this time like watching thor and it turns out he's a scrawl or something like you would be so pissed right it it was like it's like any time that i've been like oh look at this panel of jessica drew and somebody's like well she was a scroll then and i'm like okay okay and our last question. Uh, our last question uh, from at dipping underscore sauce. Which of the Chris's is really a scroll? I just did nose goes. And I pointed and, at you. And Chris pointed at me. So I feel like we are not on the same page about deciding who's the scroll here. I think uh, the littlest Chrislet is a scroll. He's not a very good scroll then. No, he's not. That's true. Maybe one of the cats is a scroll. Ooh. Yeah, I mean... Is the cat that suddenly... We have a a cat named Jasper who suddenly wanted to be outside a bunch. Is he a scroll? He he wakes me up at like four in the morning every day to go outside. You should just let me let him outside all night. We'd sleep better. Now I'm worried he's going to get got by an owl. He's real big. (laughs) And I've never seen an owl here. (laughs) There's one down the road. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You're like, what What can they do? Like fly? It's down the road, Chris. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our accolades. Accolades. Christy, what's the best line? Uh, my best line I gave to our moment of Parker luck, uh, where Spider-Man says, hey, you know what? This ain't so bad, all things considered. These these big earth shakers, I've been around them. You know when you have to worry is when Uatu shows up. And who? The Watcher! <laughs> and then next page, there he is. Do you feel like the Watcher was weirdly big here? Super huge! I have the panel. Like, his head is bigger than, like, ten heroes. He is like a big, he's like a big entity. He's like, like, 10 or 12 feet tall, but he seemed like a small building. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was It was an interesting, I don't know, interesting perspective, maybe? I don't know. My best line comes from Queen Veronica. Oh, yes. Who says, well, you should have thought about that before you found it funny to turn our brothers into cows. That's a good line. I liked it. <laughs> and people ate those cows because they turned into burgers. <laughs> they got powers. <laughs> Didn't he, didn't he convince him them that they wanted to be cows? He hypnotized That them. it would be like a peaceful existence? Well, that's, you know, if I make you do something. Oh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, what, uh, who in this is your greatest hero? Uh, Thor, but not for a reason that you think. He decks Tony in the face at the end of it, and it <laughs> rules. <laughs> I very begrudgingly gave it to Tony for fixing the the mess with his tech. Oh, okay. Yeah, he. Uh, um, I'm not giving it. He giving was he was o- able to override the scroll tech with his tech. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's like cleaning up your own mess. But I was like, I, I guess, I guess. You guess. Well, what's your What's the coolest moment? <gasps> My coolest moment had to go to the. Maria Hill and the uh, life model decoy, that whole moment of... Gonna make a shirt with Tony Stark, or not Tony Stark. Nick uh, Fury was right. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna make a t-shirt that says Nick Fury was right. And she's like leaping off of the mm-hmm. explosion. I mean, I think I think she shoots her herself, maybe even too, because she, she's got like her sniper rifle mm-hmm. um, off-panel, so... It, it it was just real cool. It was very cool. What about your coolest moment? My coolest moment was where so Kate Bishop at one point like g- like goes down mm-hmm. 
and Vision's like, I'm going to get her like off the battlefield. And Hawkeye, like Clint, is like, I got this. And then he suddenly has like arrows and he's like, fuka, 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 and gets like three scrolls in a row. Uh huh. He hadn't been Hawkeye for a while. He'd been Ronin. Um, so he hadn't like had a bow and arrow. So that was supposed to be like a big moment of like, he's got the bow oh, and arrow. And that's one of the, one of the things that I lose out on not like I know. reading it at the time. The fact that we are doing this randomly. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad that I have you here to fill in, fill in those blanks and let me know the cool things. <laughs> All right. What about your Crusher Creole award for silly villainy? It's going to have to go to the Skrulls, just in general, for making that Captain Marvel sleeper agent and goofing it up so bad that he blows up their armada. <laughs> Incredible. That is pretty goofy. I also gave it to the Skrulls, but specifically for their way of addressing the the people of the world through celebrities that yeah. they've uh, replaced. I I thought that was just kind of fun and goofy. I wish there would have been like a Werner Herzog scroll. It would have been like, I would like to see the baby. <laughs> huh. All right. I'm kind of looking forward to hearing what your key of C award would be. Now, readers, our key of C is the moment or moments we feel would be most enhanced by a musical number. So... I'm not thinking of this entire thing as a musical uh-huh. in this case. Just this moment as a musical number. Got it. The Cabal. I'm just imagining like oh, a, the oh, gentlemen, you know why we are here <laughs> sort of thing. So that moment with Norman and the, the villains at the end. Yes. Yeah. But it would have been like a this Jesus must die thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that feeling. I like that vibe. Hmm. Um, I felt like the melodrama with jessica jones and uh danielle that whole saga of all right i have to i have to leave my baby and go fight crime which i haven't been doing because i'm a mom right now Mm. but i'm gonna go do it i'm gonna trust it and like yeah the baby's fine the baby's from the baby's not fine (laughs) and you know I, i i totally get the mom feels of you know they they took the baby but i I feel like this just needed a a nice a nice through song. I feel like it's a a subplot here that definitely gets explored in later issues following this, but I I just thought there was such high drama there that just really would have fit a musical number. Oh, it was it was very melodramatic. That's mm-hmm. why like do you ever feel like like a bunch of nerd boys cannot admit that they are basically reading soap operas? <laughs> Like, just admit it. You're reading a soap opera. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of. No. Like, you're reading your stories. It's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, readers, that's going to that's gonna do it for this week. Next week. Well, next next. Oh, next yeah. Episode, you've stuck with us this long. So we. We have to tell you. We have to tell you. We have a. We had a vote off. Except. Only one of our patrons responded to our email with their choice for the vote off. And as such, they went automatically. So uh-huh. we are going to be covering. They ran unopposed. They ran unopposed. This is, this is why putting forth candidates is important. <laughs> yes. So they, we will be reading Age of X, not Age of X Man, Age of X. Right. I was kind of excited when I heard it because I was like, I've read that. And you're like, no, no, no. Age of X. Age of X is shorter. Okay. Yep. <laughs> But uh, that ought to be a lot of fun. It's another uh, alternate universe X-Men story. X-Men. We always love X-Men. Mm-hmm. Chris did the X with his arms yeah, like because Cyclops. this is a visual medium. This is a visual medium. It's for you. <laughs> you didn't have to explain it. <laughs> All right. Well, readers, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at Chris's pod on Twitter and Facebook. You can also uh, hit us with those longer form messages at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. Leave us those five star reviews on Twitter. No. On, <laughs> <laughs> leave us those five star reviews on iTunes or the other pod catchers of your choice. If, uh, if you throw one of those on iTunes and it's got words in it, 
Well, you know we're going to read it out. <laughs> Although, you know, Chris made a little bit of a goof there with the five-star reviews on Twitter, but it also does mean a lot to us when you, you shout us out and share us with your friends. We've got a lot of kind folks on Twitter uh, who, who love to talk about us and, and share. Uh, and if you want... Uh, sharing us is a is a great way to support us, but you can also support us monetarily. Chris, you want to talk about how our listeners, our readers, can support us monetarily should they choose? You think you've got one choice? Well, you've got two choices. Two choices. Two choices. You've got Kofi. www.kofi.com slash Chris is on Infinite Earths, where you can donate those and those those little one time donations. Uh huh. We like those. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe you're afraid of commitment. I'm. Not, but some people are. <laughs> Nearly 10 years of marriage. All right. But if you want to do those monthly sort of donations, you can hit us up at patreon.com slash Chris's pod. We should have standardized that, but they're all in the show notes. Commit to us. Commit to us. Commit to the Chris's. <laughs> Join this, this holy union. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> This is a marriage between me, my husband, and all of our patrons. <laughs> sure, that's what they want to hear. <laughs> Ten. Uh, Chrissy, I just checked the email. Ten people just canceled. They didn't want to be part of this holy union? <laughs> they did not. <laughs> Don't they know that what Patreon brings together, no man must separate? <laughs> all right, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, Readers, uh, the world's getting tough out there. We Take just care of yourselves. Black lives matter. Trans rights. Black trans lives matter. We love you all. Make sure you're taking care of yourselves and uh, supporting supporting the folks that need it most. And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>